Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Uh, good to be back with you guys again. Uh, I'm very excited today. I am here with one of the best bodybuilders in the world, John De La Rosa, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him on a few occasions just a super nice guy, super professional guy, um, and just a, just a fantastic athlete. Uh, and we're so lucky to have him joining us today. So, John, I just want to say thank you, first of all. Um, I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot going on right now. Um, so thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Of course. So thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. As you said, we've, we've had the pleasure of being in front of each other a few times, and it's always been a great time you know with the family and everything so it's it's good to be here and um you know share this, these experiences that we're going to talk about yeah and you, you just moved to florida well i guess it's been a, a year now right it's well no 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 i've been in sean moved about a year ago i moved four years ago to start oh, the project four years ago. yeah yeah because yeah. you were so, you were the dragon's lair for a good while and then uh, yeah i was a dragon player for about three years yeah are you, are you loving it you happy there uh well the, the dragon's lair was a great experience but i gotta say the the new club that i'm at is next level it's gonna be awesome i'm I'm so excited for what you guys are doing and we'll, we'll get to the the fitness system sawgrass a little bit later on yeah. um but let's start off with your story john um i know you know you started bodybuilding at a young age i know your father was a was a was he a professional bodybuilder no, he was aspiring to be, but yeah, unfortunately, he had us at a very young age, about 20 years old. So uh, family obviously took priority to a hobby and bodybuilding where they weren't much, making much money back then. Anyways. Yeah, sure. So, so tell us about your story. Like, how did you get into it? What's been the journey? What's been your journey? And, and where are you right now? Um, so I got into it at a really, really young age. Um, I remember being a young kid, probably about seven eight years old and like after school um my dad would come pick us up well maybe it was like i was around nine um my dad would come pick us up after school and uh, all the kids were like oh my god your dad is he's like the hulk he's a giant right. you know but as a kid when you're accustomed to seeing something every day to me it was like normal it was just my dad sure. but i guess when everybody else started to take notice of how big he was is when I like it opened my eyes so I'm like Jesus yeah he's I look at the other dads I'm like oh yeah man, he's way bigger than them he doesn't have a gut he's you know he's got muscles and, and that's when I became intrigued by it and uh he went out and got me some dumbbells and you know we didn't have much money back then and we lived in a two-bedroom apartment so the gym was also doubled as the living room yeah <laughs> So, and I say the gym because it was primarily a gym. My mom hated it. We had equipment everywhere, dumbbells everywhere. Um, so he would literally pull out the bench and, you know, do his workout to the middle of the living room. And I would like, you know, watch along and train with him. And from that very moment, I was hooked. You know, I just, um, I was intrigued with first, obviously the, you know, building muscle. But then as I got older, I got, I was intrigued with nutrition and, and supplementation and how that all you know plays a huge part in you know what we look like inside and outside yeah for sure and uh so, so would you say your dad was your main influence as a, as a bodybuilder growing up with that i would say my dad and, and my uncle sal god rest his soul were the two biggest influences uh in my life for bodybuilding yeah yeah i mean that's such a powerful thing to have that like that influence like with you every day 
yeah just inspiring yeah. you every day did you yeah. was it a did you feel like a pressure to be like as big as your dad or was it just like a fun no i mean me and my dad trained together every day for i don't know 10 12 13 years up until four years ago when i moved here um so it was more like just two guys hanging out doing a workout in the gym you know we just would push each other and my dad's a little bit of a jokester so like he was in i'm i'm much more competitive than my father i will say that i played competitive sports all growing up and stuff so I had that competitive drive. It wasn't necessarily competitive towards my father. It was competitive that I knew I wanted to be a bodybuilder and I wanted to be my best. So um, I was much more competitive. So I took my workouts much more serious because I knew that I'd be stepping on stage and competing against some of the best guys first in New York and then nationally and now all over the world. Um, so I took my workouts more serious where my dad would kind of walk around and hang out and say what's up to people, come back five minutes later, do another set. Right. So, yeah, that's that's kind of but yeah, we, we trained together all the way up until about four years ago, every day, every day. Amazing. Amazing. What age did you start competing at, John? I was 17. Wow. Yeah, I was 172 pounds first time I was on stage. And when you first stepped on the stage, were you like from that point, were you hooked and like, this is for me? Or was there any point where you're like, fuck this, this is I mean, we, we definitely, I definitely remember moments, not in my first competition, my first competition, I was so excited. I, I loved the process. I loved the, the adrenaline I had when I was on stage and again, very competitive. So when I was being compared, it was like, I was ready to die before these other kids were going to beat me at posing. Yeah. Um, so that experience was amazing, but I think the business of bodybuilding and continuing to go through the ranks and sometimes, you know, you don't get placed where you think you should get placed or whatever. I think sometimes that beats you down and makes you question yourself and um, whether what you're doing is worth it because it is a lot of time and money and, and dedication and a time away from family, time away from friends, and you make a lot of sacrifices. So yeah. there were times definitely where I questioned um, whether I was making the right career choices or life choices. Yeah. But, uh, I always got back to the same places. Like, this is what I love to do. And regardless of whatever the outcome is going to be, I'm going to continue to do this as long as I can, because I enjoy, I enjoy the process. It's, it's fast. It's a fascinating thing. And those questions never leave you. I I was listening to to Chris Bumstead the other day and he was talking about his mindset this year and how he was like crippled with like the anxiety of, do I even want to do this? I mean, am I even any good at bodybuilding? He's kind of on top of his game. Yeah. But it's like those th- those questions of doubt never never really leave you, no matter how good you are, no matter how good other people think you look, you always question yourself. Right, and I think it's it's a normal thing to question yourself. I, I think if you do, if you don't, I think you're you're being complacent with where you're at in your career, whatever whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't have to necessarily be bodybuilding, but I think if you do question yourself and you look at yourself objectively, um, it leaves room for more growth to get better you know, um, to kind of re reassess your approach or whatever it is that you're not, you're maybe not feeling comfortable with at the moment. Um, it allows room for that. Whereas if you're supremely confident and you think, you know, everything, you think you look great, you're the best bodybuilder in the world, you know, it's hard to continue to improve with that kind of mindset. Yeah. It's hard because it, it, it's almost, it's a quest for physical perfection in someone's right. eyes. Like someone's judging and, you for and that. That's not ever attainable. It's right? never attainable. Yeah. yeah. Which is both the blessing and the curse of the sport, right? Because it yeah. makes you, you know, you're always in that quest, 
but yeah. it's an unattainable quest <laughs> ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what, what would you say like during this, during these challenges, what have been the, the biggest kind of like things to overcome? Has it been like that, that self-doubt, that, that anxiety or have there been um, anything else that's kind of like, has it been injuries or physical things? No, or is it- for me, I think uh, the, definitely the mental approach has been the hardest thing for me. I'm definitely my, my biggest critic. Um, I, I don't think, I think there's maybe two shows where I was like, wow, I look good. Every other show, I was like, man, I, I could have looked better. I should have did better. Right. Um, I think the crippling thing for me most times is my anxiety, my stress, um, you know, things that are going on in life. I, I can say, you know, with assurance that the last big event that happened in my life was the divorce. And that really, like, for the next two, three years, really messed me up competing because, you know, it made me question not myself as a bodybuilder, but myself as a man, the decisions that I was making, all the sacrifices, like I said, I've been doing over 20 years. And it makes you question like, man, have all these sacrifices been worth it? You know, have I been making the right decisions in my life? Or I, you know, I, I can't even count the amount of birthday parties and barbecues and all types of family events that I wasn't, I wasn't able to attend because either I was dieting or I was traveling or, yeah. you know, so I think that was definitely, or has been um, definitely the hardest thing in my career um, and, and self-confidence. I, I do struggle with that. Um, I want to, you know, I, I kind of get in this mode when I start competing that I do become confident in myself and I, and I beat those worries back almost daily. It's like, you know, I'll get up and I'll look at myself in the mirror and immediately I'm like, wow, I look great. But then there's that little devil on your shoulder. That's yeah. Like, creeps oh, in. Better. You know, so I try to, um, like I said, beat that back as much as I can. I think it's important to have that because it does make me strive to be better. But again, it can be crippling if you allow that little voice to tell you, ah, you're no good. Just quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I so, think it's 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 such a good lesson because it's 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 just so um just so relatable for so many people. You know, not just in bodybuilding, but in all in all walks of life, we right. all have that devil on our shoulder. And it's easy to look at look at someone like you and think, oh my god, John's, you know, he's such a physical specimen. He must wake up every day and feel amazing. But no. it's not the case. Like we all we all deal with that same devil on the shoulder. Yeah. And I think bodybuilding's a, a, like a, it's a great kind of example of, you know. We can we can look as 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 good as as good as we can, and you know, to a lot of people, we might look amazing, but right. we always have that 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 devil and that that kind of like self doubt always creeps in. And whatever whatever your career is and whatever your sport is, it's all about how we deal with the the our, our vision of of ourselves and our self our self respect and our um yeah, you know self love and all that kind of stuff. Like absolutely. being able to deal with our our own minds is, is the biggest yeah, kind of thing to yeah, overcome. I was just going to say it's, you know, mental health is, is such a, such a big thing, especially, like I said, when you're dealing with something like your physique, right? How many people struggle with self-image yes. issues? Um, and, and bodybuilders are no different. Uh, most, most of the bodybuilders that I know are never happy with what they look like. Yeah. Uh, it's so almost some, magnified, I would say in that. In that yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's some days and this is, you know, I'm not exaggerating this at all. There's some days I get up in the mirror, like when I'm getting ready for a competition and I still see that 172 pound kid. I'm a hundred right. pounds, but yeah. it's kind of like, man, I've made no progress when really it's just your mind 
It's your mom tricks. playing tricks. Yeah. You know, because then I've looked at pictures and I'm like, Jesus Christ, they've gotten so big, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Has, has bodybuilding changed uh, in the last 10 years since you, you've been involved in the sport a lot? Yeah. And, and if so, how has it changed? Uh, it's changed on a lot of fronts. Um, unfortunately for the athletes, it's a lot harder to get sponsorships and, and get in front of media. Um, now we are, which it's also a good thing. Um, we're in charge of our own media, right? We have to, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have all these social media outlets that the magazines have kind of withered away. And right. yeah. the online forums, again, have also withered away. And where uh, we had access to fans um, through, through these media outlets, magazines and stuff that offered us um, sponsorships to help with our careers. Now, the problem is, is that there's no longer um, these lucrative deals where bodybuilders can make a living. Um, so we have to create our own content. We have to put out our own products, you know, like my line right there, Jack Developments. Um, we have to constantly create things to sell. We have to sell products. We have to sell ourselves. We have to sell our image. We have to do our yeah. social media. Um, so it's become difficult in that sense because the sport of bodybuilding is very, very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, again, I think a lot of it, it's also created a, a lot of opportunities for the more creative bodybuilder. Again, I'm not, I'm not very good at social media at all. I do what I can, but there are guys that are cranking out videos left and right and graphics and you know all types of youtube videos and and it's really cool to watch i mean i'm i'm catching up on some of that stuff but um it's changed on that front it's changed on the physique level as well um the physiques are getting um in my opinion um destroyed uh we are pushing the boundaries of i mean i grew up in an era of bodybuilding where i think i i I'm still in belief that that was the greatest era of bodybuilding um, where we had the Sean Rays, the Flex Wheelers. I mean, just beautiful physiques, big, yeah. right? I, I, I'm a bodybuilder. I love muscle, right? I want to be big, but I don't want to be so big where my lines are distorted and you look, right. you look like a mutant. Um, and, and that's no, that was no pun intended to Nick, I think. Yeah, no, I, sure. <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? The the, the uh, Palumbos, you know, where they were saying yeah. for uh, Palumboism, where he had a big blown out belly. He was huge, but just, um, I think those kinds of physiques ruin what bodybuilding was supposed to be. Right. Um, I try to represent what bodybuilding is supposed to be as best as I can. That's why I haven't pushed the envelope and, you know, um, ruined my physique or try not to ruin my physique. I, I like clean lines and just a classic bodybuilding look. Do you think what you're talking about now, do you think that's why like classic physique has become more and more popular because there are a lot of people who think the same as you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Classic physique is my favorite division outside of open bodybuilding. Um, I think the guys look incredible. I think it's a great division for our sport. It's put a lot more eyes on our sport um, and brought a lot more fans into the the competitions. I think Chris Bumstead, there's another guy, Robert Tillman, I believe he's from Texas. Incredible, incredible physique. There's some guys out there, uh, Terrence Ruffin, uh, Breon Ashley, all those guys. They're just so good. Yeah. Terrence just won the Arnold, right? Yeah. Yeah. Terrence Russell. Yeah. Uh, 
Alex Cambronero who can play second. Yeah. There's just such beautiful physiques out there that I think deserve a stage to be displayed and and you know kind of like admired because they, they yeah. are beautiful physiques. And I again looking back at it, you know, those are the kind of physiques that I was attracted to growing up. You know, I, I wanted to look like that. Sure. I mean, they're, they're closer to like the classic Arnold physique, right? Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, Bumstead's almost, I mean, this year he looks almost as big as. He looks as big as an open bodybuilder, right? <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem with the, um, with the sport in itself is that as the athletes evolve, they become bigger. Yes. Um, so, you know, it, I think it's the judges' jobs to like, if, if Chris is too big, you know, I, I don't, again i'm not i don't have any stake in in who wins or whatever but like if he is too big then he should get the nod like hey you know what you need to move up and get out of this class because it becomes unfair to the people that actually do fit the um criteria for what it takes to be a classic physique now i don't think i think chris has got another year or two you know he's got a little bit more height than those guys so i think he has a, a little bit more room to grow into his um class but after that it's it's not yeah because sure. you know, he probably weighs a similar amount to you right uh um, what, what do you think, weigh when you compete when i compete i'm around 240 pounds i think yeah. chris is around 220 pounds right. when he competes. so but like i said but I he's mean, taller and yeah yeah but if you look at the uh, open class you look at a guy like um who's uh similar in weight his brother-in-law ian Ian probably competes around 250 pounds. Right. So, I mean, with another 10 pounds on Chris Bumstead, he's going to be, you know, right there with his own brother, his brother-in-law, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Because he's well, got I guess we'll see what happens. In it's, it's like three weeks, right, to the Olympia. So I guess we'll see. No, no, next weekend. Next weekend. Oh, it's next weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Came around quick. Yeah. Uh, are you going to go? I will be there for Thursday and Friday. Amazing, amazing. Um. What do you think is, is the biggest difference between the best bodybuilders in the world and say the next, the next tier down? Because in terms of working out and in terms of the kind of workouts that they do on a daily basis, I would imagine it's not that much different as in the exercises they're doing, the sets and reps they're doing, blah, blah, blah. In terms of like diet and nutrition, I, I'd imagine like most people have a similar kind of yeah. diet when it comes to bodybuilding. Yeah. So what, what does make that, that 10% difference? I think honestly, it's it. It has a little bit to do with everything. Um, so yes, although the 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 um, the workouts may be the same, the mentality going into that workout is very different. Um, I just had the opportunity once again to train Kamal to train with Kamal, uh, who was the two twelve Mister Olympia two years ago. Mm-hmm. I've had the 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 incredible experience of training with. Uh, Flex Lewis for a number of years and he was seven time so I I think I have a little I, I trained with Victor Martinez for a number of years who you know should have won the 2007 Olympia but play second um, so I I can see how mentally the approach to the workout is different um, the intensity is a little bit different the willingness to push past those pain barriers are a little bit different mm-hmm. and it's not, we're not talking about 10 reps, the 10 rep difference. We're talking about maybe one or two reps sure. that make all the difference. Sure. Um, and then when it comes down to the nutrition, uh, these guys are sometimes willing to push, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks without having, 
you know, something to satiate them, a cheat meal, yeah, sushi, whatever. They're just, you know what, I want this win. And, and they're willing to just dig deep and, and suffer. Um, I, for myself, I know that I've gone weeks without having uh, carbohydrates. I've had boils on the bottom of my feet from doing cardio um, and pushing myself, even though my feet were literally bleeding. Um, you know, there's, there's just sacrifices that some are willing to make that others aren't. And again, it's not like, it's not these huge things that people think it is. It's exactly. literally just a rep or two. It's another yeah. five minutes on the treadmill or, you know, or on the bike or on the step mill. It's going into the workout fully focused, fully engaged, um, not being distracted by what's going, around or going on around you or taking part in conversations and set and stuff like that. It's really being engaged in that workout. And, and when you're allowed to do that, when you allow yourself to do that, the workout becomes that much more intense. It becomes yeah. that much more productive because now you're focused on every rep. You're squeezing every rep. You're making the muscle actually really work. Whereas if you're distracted, you might just kind of be counting and going through it, but not very, you know, focused on what you're doing or engaged in that workout. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that's, that is such a huge part of it. It's all about intention and going into every set with that, that, that mindset of like, I'm going to get the max out of this set, yeah. out of yeah. every rep. Yeah. Um, in, t- in terms of programming, John, do you, do you program like, like a Y3T thing where you're like, for the next three months, this is my programming? Or yeah. are, you, are you more like intuitive? Like, I know I'm doing legs today. I'm going to go into it, like feel it out, see how it feels and see what I want to work with. How do you um, I definitely do some programming. I do it at times throughout my um, prep or through my off season. Um, but I don't do these extreme programs where every set, every rep is detailed out. What I'll do is um, like right now, um, I'm getting into my bulking phase. I'm going to start bulking up for the next three months. Um, I know for the next three months, I'm going to be moving into much heavier compound movements. Yeah. So lifts, squats, bench press, things like that. I'm going to start moving, you know, towards, um, and I'll do that for two or three months until, or until my body says no more. So it is a little right. bit of intuitive training as well. Um, but for the most part, um, I like picking a certain, you know, exercise group, let's say for chest. And I stick to that for a minimum of six to eight weeks. doesn't always have to be the same exact machines or workouts, but more or less the same exact workout, because what that does is it gives us a base. Yes. So if you know you're starting out your, your, your program with, let's say, a bench of 135 pounds, you know at the end of that eight weeks, you should be, I don't know, whatever goal yeah, you set. Yeah, 185, whatever, yeah. Yeah, you should be much heavier than what you started at. If you're bouncing around from workout to workout week after week, it's hard to gauge if you're making any progress. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, what we're talking about is progressive overload. And um, it's something I try and like tell everybody all the time at, at Barros. If you're going to a gym, that's like every time you go in the gym, it's a different workout because of muscle confusion or whatever they want to call it. Right. There is no sense of growth. There is no progressive challenge for the body. And you don't actually end up going anywhere. You're just jumping hard around. To, and, yeah, it's hard to track stuff. it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the one of the kind of tragedies of, of modern gyms and these boutique gyms and stuff. It ends up just being a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything right, for the sake right. of just sweating or for the sake of just working hard or whatever you you right. want to call it. Um, yeah. whereas like 
for someone like yourself or any or any athlete or anyone that does go to a decent gym will know that you know long-term progressions and seeing yourself you know either increase the weight or increase your fitness levels a lot of the times my, my programming in these in the cycles that i do will be the workouts will be very very similar there might be a, a yeah. slightly different ending or a slightly different beginning um right. but doing doing the same thing over and over ends up getting you better results than doing different things all of the absolutely. time absolutely absolutely yeah i agree um so so saw grass is now now open fitness system Sawgrass. yeah um i had the pleasure of coming there uh, a couple of weeks ago and it's an amazing facility um yeah. tell us a bit about it like how did you how did you come up with the you know the concepts the designs the the equipment i mean you've got so much good equipment in there yeah. so sean and i your brother-in-law uh yeah. became friends several years ago and about five yeah, maybe five or six years ago, we had talked about opening a gym in New York. And, uh, you know, we, we had looked at a few properties, it was just way too much money. But, you know, I moved here after my divorce. And I told Sean, I said, you know what, this is a great spot to open a gym. So he was like, all right, let's start looking at some locations. So we started looking. And obviously, through all the meetings and, you know, visiting locations, we started to develop an idea of what we wanted the gym to be. Um, and it's very similar, obviously, to his fitness system locations in California. But um, we knew that we needed to, like, step it up a little bit for this one because we are in South Florida. It's kind of like, you know, the mecca of, like, gyms, right? Everybody wants to be in shape here. It's always sunny. It's always nice. And there's seemingly a gym like every other block here. So we knew we needed to step it up in terms of what we offered in, in, in equipment and, and the atmosphere that we wanted to provide. And then, uh, you know, after looking at literally hundreds of locations, this one just kind of fell in our lap. And, and uh, we got in there day one and Sean and I were just hacking away at the walls. And Yeah, you did so much on your own, yeah. Yeah, we did. We did 90% of the stuff on our own. Yeah. Um, the things that we needed to get done, we hired people for. But for the most part, I mean, Sean and I built the showers. We, we, we tore up the tile in the front entrance i mean we did everything we yeah. painted you know holly was on this on the scaffold and i was pulling her up and down while she painted the entire wall i mean god bless her she's good at what she does too so yeah. i mean i think that's it, why in the end it'll be so much more rewarding because you did do that you literally built that ship on your own you know yeah well that's i mean sean and holly will tell you this that the last day that we were like well there's nothing else, else for us to do i literally turned around and i had tears in my eyes it was like yeah. There's such a sense of accomplishment sure. that like this was this was now done and ready for the public to enjoy what we had spent months building. Well, and there's a great analogy there to bodybuilding, right? So you're, you're building something that means yeah. something, building something yeah. of meaning. And when it when it all comes together, it's like that's why people break down on stage because it's like that moment of like fuck, it, it's happened. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think um Florida has become such a mecca for bodybuilding? Because it really is like everyone moves there to be. Yeah, I think a lot of things. I think for bodybuilding or for athletes in general, the the state income tax is zero, so it's a big draw for bodybuilders, especially now. Again, going back to our you know the beginning of our conversation, it's much harder for bodybuilders to make money. So we're trying to keep more of it. Sure. Um, and a lot of states, especially where I'm from in New York, taxes are very high. Right. So I think that's appealing to a lot of athletes, especially bodybuilders. Um, I think the weather, you know, is also 
very helpful for bodybuilders. I remember getting up in New York and my joints were screaming some days when I was freezing there. Um, you know, I mean, you can't imagine going out to shovel three feet of snow. And I, and I always see, use this analogy. Most people think like when it snows in New York, it's like this light, fluffy movie snow where it's like so easy to <laughs> frolicking right. in this snow. No, it's like heavy, you know, nasty snow, you know, with dirt in it. And oh, it's just not. And then you got to shovel your car out. You got to turn your car on for half an hour. You got to be careful when you're driving to the gym. And after shoveling your whole house, like I used to do, now I got to go get under a bar and squat 405, 405 pounds while my oh, lower wow. back is already toast. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it, it's just the weather here is, is better. It's, it's nicer. Again, everybody wants to like be in shape all the time here, all the, you know, it's it's just a it breeds that it breeds people wanting to look good so i think that's why yeah i mean so Flo Flo florida now seems to be like gold's california was in the 70s right it's where yeah. it's where all the best bodybuilders in the world go to you know yeah go train i guess yeah. being around all the other bodybuilders you know helps drive oh, that, you right because that's motivation a, as well absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's it's, it's mm -hmm. a good thing yeah. um so i have a question for you and i i kind of ask this on every every podcast uh, and you can take as much time as you want to think about it. But the question is, what is your purpose? And it doesn't have to be, uh, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything to do with working out. It could be do more spiritually, or it could be, you know, more family-based or whatever it want, uh, yeah. whatever you want it to be. But if you, if it was someone to ask you, like, what is your purpose on this planet? Like, how do you want to be remembered? What would mm -hmm. that purpose be? This is an interesting one. I've thought about a lot about this and I've been telling people, um, awkwardly but it, it is it is really how i feel i think my purpose on this planet in this life is to love um i think that um when you know i've always been an emotional sensitive person i've always loved so much and and given so much of myself and i think that unfortunately we go through things in life that kind of make you guarded and, and um feel unsafe become being yourself and uh, I think the last several years, obviously coming out of what I was going through, um, changed me a bit. And I started to notice those changes that I wasn't as open with people. I wasn't as loving towards people. I was mm -hmm. kind of looking at people, you know, sideways, like, what do you want from me? What are you trying to get from me? Are you going to hurt me? Um, and as a man, it's hard to say those things out loud, right? Because we're supposed to be tough and we're supposed to deal with things and and not talk about things and just... So, you know, once I started to accept, like, no, this is me, I'm going to love with all that I've got, and I'm going to show people that you can forgive, and you can forget, and you can, you know, build the best life that you can possibly build with just love, right, and, and treating people with love and respect and kindness, and hopefully that comes in, in, you know, tenfold. If it doesn't, it's okay, it's not going to change me, I'm going to continue to do that and live, live my life, you know, with that purpose and hopefully people will appreciate that and remember me for being you know john the guy that really cared about a lot of people like i love that dude that's amazing what a great answer and i think it's i, I think it's i think it's powerful on 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 multiple levels but one you know we're talking about masculinity and how it can be hard to open up and you're in probably the most masculine of sports in terms of like you know 
what yeah. it takes or how it's regarded. So for you to say something like that is particularly powerful, but also like in an age where there's so much judgment, uh, especially online oh. and social media and that kind of stuff, everyone just shouting at everybody and, and Twitter yeah. and Twitter arguments on that bullshit. Yeah. Um, to just say like, just to, just to love each other and just be, just to be kind to each other. For I fuck's sake, be kind to each other. One last thing, John. Um, I know, I know you uh, on, on the time crunch. So that's no, okay. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, bodybuilding is a fascinating sport. And, and I think when a lot of people think about bodybuilding, they think about like you or the professionals on stage. Right. But bodybuilding really is just trying to improve your body, just trying to build your yeah. body. And a lot of people that come to the gym are coming to the gym to do that. Yeah. Granted, some people come for health reasons or some people come for performance reasons, but a lot of people come to just physically improve their body. Right. So if you were to give three pieces of advice to anybody coming to the gym who are looking to physically improve their body, what would those three points be? And it can be anything you like. I, I think the most important thing when stepping into a gym and starting this journey of wanting to physically become better, even emotionally or mentally, whatever it is, is that understanding it's going to be difficult. It's not, it's not going to be oh, this is easy. And you just kind of take off and your body changes or your emotional state changes or your, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. It, it, nothing in this life worth having is easy. It does not come easy. We all know that. Um, so that's, I think, number one. And, and that would prepare you for number two, which is staying focused and staying the course. Mm. Um, you know, if you understand that, you know, going into the gym on day one, on day two, you're not going to have a six pack of abs, right? right? You're you're more, if you're focused and you're dedicated to what you're trying to do, you're going to be more understanding that this is going to take a little bit more time, you know? And if you have that, that dedication to give it some time, I think that more people will, will be um, happy with having taken that first step and in coming into a gym in the first place to physically get better or emotionally get better, whatever it is. Um, and I think the third one is, is to constantly push yourself to be your best. Um, I think we all, you know, we all go through the time to become complacent and we, you know, we look at ourselves, maybe you do get your six pack of abs, right? But, uh, you know, that's it. You're just like, oh, well, I did it. And that's it, you know? Um, and that's how a lot of people fall back into getting heavier again and not doing their cardio. And right. so I think if we are, you know, complacency is a dangerous thing. I think if we can, can continue to set small goals for ourselves, um, it it gives us the room to continue to push for more. It doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, I want bigger arms. I want bigger body. It's like, okay, well, I made it here. I, I look in great shape right now. Let's see if I can hold this for another four weeks. And now you make that four weeks. Okay, now now it's becoming a lifestyle. Now let's see yeah. if I can do six months. And that's really the goal of bodybuilding like you said is to create a healthier life for yourself emotionally physically whatever it is I mean for me I get a lot of emotional satisfaction like you said when I set my goal okay I'm going to start my diet here it's going to end here on this date and boom I win there's a lot of emotional satisfaction to that as well because I've I've made myself proud in accomplishing that goal yeah. so same thing you know physically yeah i look great right i died for four or five months and, but emotionally you also get a reward when you're accomplishing these things 
Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's, it's really, uh, again, really powerful what you said about, about yourself, being the best version of yourself. Because, yeah. again, it's so easy to compare ourselves to others, especially with social media, and just think, oh, my yeah. God, I'm never going to look like that. Or I'm never going to be as good mm -hmm. as this person. Mm -hmm. um, so it really is focusing on yourself and your own journey and just taking the time to, to really let, let, these, let these things become habit, let your body grow, let your body change, and give yourself time. Um, Absolutely. And, and, not, and not, not be too hard on yourself. There's a difference between working hard and being hard on yourself. You have to work hard. You have to work hard every day. But if right. you're always critical of yourself, if you're always like beating yourself down, saying, I'm never as good as this person, I'm never as good as that person, then you're ultimately yeah. going to just like capitulate and it's, everything's going to fall apart. So just right. allow yourself the time and the, you yeah. know, the, 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 the be, be kind to yourself, be, be generous. I love with yourself. That. Yeah, um, I love that. And it's so true. So it's very easy you know, for especially women, I mean, they're, they're constantly being held to what beauty right. is, you know, whether it's on TV or social media, or even their friends, women are very uh, competitive when it comes to that, you know, and it's sad because, you know, it, it, you're right, it, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone, everyone's beautiful in their own right, um, everyone looks good in their own right, I mean, can we get better? Yes, and that's where, it, that's where that idea you know compare yourself to yourself you know you want to be better than what you were yesterday do something a little bit different to to get better um so yeah we live in a culture where social media and tv and all these things are trying to hold us to these standards when really it should just be about yourself yeah love that yeah. okay john well thank you so much for joining us again uh, i know you're a busy guy so thanks for taking the time it's, it's so good to talk to you oh, there was some amazing stuff in there. And I'm, I know everyone that um, listens to this podcast is going to be, um, just going to be like touched by what you said and, and educated by what you said. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to, to, to talk to someone in, in your, in your field of work who is so, so open and so loving and just such a nice fucking guy, because <laughs> you, know, you. It, you know, like I said, it's, it's so easy when you, when you're, when you're on social media to like get like, and are bogged down by the bullshit and the, the, the false, the false people and the, the false yeah. ideologies and the, and the nonsense. You know, you were kind of saying earlier about the, 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 the difficulties in marketing and bodybuilding these days, because it seems like social influencers who are not bodybuilders have more influence on people than the actual bodybuilders who are good at bodybuilding, but aren't as good at social media. Absolutely. So you've yeah. got this kind of world of weird kind of, yeah. The people who are educating everyone else are just the people who are best at social media, not yeah. the people who are the best in their fields. Right. It's a right. strange situation to be in. So well, you know, there's a, there's an example that I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a guy, big, big guy, who um, is a big influencer. He's running around slapping people with fishes, like, you know, dead fish and just doing silly stuff. And he's got, you know, two million followers. And, you know, he competed and got his butt kicked on stage wasn't very good at bodybuilding at all right um but he's got two million followers because he's doing dumb stuff on Super social shit. media yeah. and when you got two million eyes on you thinking that this is what bodybuilding is um unfortunately you know those people are not getting the right information right because he's right. not very good at what he does but because he does silly stuff everybody wants to see that and you know then you got a guy like you know i don't know whoever Joe Blow, who actually is really good. There's a 212 guy, oh, John Jewett. John Jewett is a great 
great bodybuilder, super intelligent, offers incredible advice. I'm always looking at John Jewett stuff and learning from him. And he's got, I don't know, a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a crazy, like, it's a crazy situation room right now. It really is. Yeah. Crazy. So, Okay, well, that's, that's it for today, guys. Uh, that was John De La Rosa. Fantastic podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, don't forget, we are uh, now fully open at 1316 Glendale Boulevard, Ferris Echo Park. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Ferris Echo Park. You can find this podcast uh, at all good podcast places. Um, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. Um, if you are interested in uh, the bodybuilding side of things, we, of course, have our build program and we have our open gym with all your good bodybuilding stuff in there. If you have any questions for me or, or for John, feel free to reach out and we'll do our best to get back to you. Uh, John, my friend, I look forward to seeing you soon. Best luck with Fitness System Sawgrass. And um, take care out there, my friend. I wish you all the best. You're a great dude. I love you. And uh, I wish the very best for you. Take care, my man. Bye-bye.